Kia ora, and welcome to 15 Minute Futures, the podcast that explores the future in bite size, but with a Kiwi twist. It's great to have you with us. Our last episode looked at how increased automation is increasingly playing a big role in our lives. So today we'll dive a little deeper and we'll ask the question, what will automation mean for the future of work? Hi, Rob. How long do you think it'll be before podcasts like this one are actually getting run by computers instead of humans? Hi, Steve. Who knows? With the deep fakes, maybe there are already computers out there posing as real people plotting the future downfall of humanity. Wow, that got dark quickly. I hope you're wrong. Um, but I guess there are, if there's a theme to this episode, it's that people do seem to go to doom and gloom pretty quickly on the future of work stuff, don't they? Well, that's right, Steve. But we don't want to get too Pollyanna about the future either because we're really going to see some people that will need to transition into different kinds of jobs as a result of increased automation. And I mean, McKinsey is saying that 21% of all work in New Zealand will be automated by 2030. That's a lot of jobs. And in Australia, CEDA are saying that as many as 5 million jobs could disappear over the next 10 to 15 years due to tech advancements. I'll admit that doesn't exactly sound great. But of course, others are saying that it'll be more of a question of just using machines to do the donkey work um, in our jobs. And if there's a bright side from a Kiwi perspective, at least, surely it's that if there are many jobs disappearing, then at least more are disappearing in Australia relative to New Zealand. Uh, why do you think that is, Rob? Well, for a start, they're just a bigger economy and they have more people, of course. But they also have a lot more actual hard production industries than us, things like mining and manufacturing. And those industries do involve quite a lot of repetitive, thus automatable tasks. Okay, well, I suppose that kind of makes sense. But isn't part of the reason people are so freaked out about all of this change to the workforce that it's not just blue-collar jobs anymore? I mean, in the past, it was blue-collar jobs every time that they got put out of work. But now it's not just them, is it? That's right, Steve. I mean, if you're in an automatable blue-collar job like driving a truck or packing shelves, you should probably be thinking about changing jobs about now, or at least preparing for a, an, a potentially uncertain future. But what's interesting here is that even some white-collar jobs are increasingly becoming automatable and therefore at risk. Yeah, that it all does sound a bit scary. But are you actually saying that we're kind of all doomed to long-term work insecurity or even unemployment here? Should we just start, you know, smashing our computers to stop this or, or what? Well, back the truck up, Steve, and just put down that crowbar. That strategy didn't work for the Luddites, and it's going to be hard to finish this podcast with our computers and different bits all over the desk. Okay, all right, I'll put it down. But should we be worried? Well, obviously, it depends on how quickly we adopt the new technology and start automating things. It's a bit of a bind, really, because if we become fast movers, we can gain competitive advantage internationally by automating in a range of industries. But the downside is that it'll surely be disruptive for lots of people. Some estimates are that the unemployment could go up by between 53 and 6.1% in New Zealand alone as a result of this transition. That's a big deal. Yeah, okay. So if I hear you right, what you're saying is that we need to embrace automation as much as we can because there's big economic benefits from that. But we also need to think about how to soften the blow of the transition. I mean, I get that. I mean, if you think about it, we've been through this before. Oh, yes. How so? Well, if, if you remember, in the late 1980s, we opened up the New Zealand economy and reduced barriers to trade. And suddenly you had you know, a whole lot of importing of, of the things that we use every day instead of making them ourselves. And we got tons of stuff from places like China where they could produce them more cheaply. And of course, this meant that some 
New Zealand producers lost, but it also meant consumers won big time. I remember, for example, when I was a kid, it was a really big deal buying just a single pair of shoes a year. I think we used to get them for our birthday. Uh, but I also remember the local shoe producers screaming bloody murder at the government when the tariffs were taken off originally. Great point, Steve. Consumers do seem to be the big winners from automation, but the transition for workers is still a bit to worry about, and hopefully we'll look after the people better than we did in the 1980s. We've got to learn from the past, I guess. I mean, some estimates are that inequality here in New Zealand could rise between 1% and 16% as a result of more automation. Wow, 1% and 16%. So, so what makes the difference between whether it's 1% or 16%? Well, I guess it boils down to how quickly we, we help people retrain into new industries and skills. Okay, so, so it looks like kind of the idea of learning a trade or, or getting a, a degree and then being set for life seems to be well and truly finished then, doesn't it? Yeah, that's right, Steve. I mean, lifelong learning seems to be the catchphrase we're hearing a lot in the years to come, but it's not all about difficulty either. I mean, presumably there will be actually some new jobs, some we haven't even seen or or those that haven't even been invented yet. And that's because of better technology around us and different demands from the economy. Yeah, that's a that's a good point, actually. I, I heard of some really cool ones recently. Um, one of them was being a manager of a drone fleet. I, I thought that sounded pretty fun. Another one I heard of was being a self-driving car mechanic. And a third one was being a human technology integration specialist. I have no idea what that means, but it sounds like, I don't know, putting people into computers or computers onto people or something about connecting those two. Um, sounds interesting anyway. That sounds pretty cool. I wouldn't mind doing that one myself, Steve. And when you look at the economic forecast, it's not like StatsNZ is saying our economy is going down the toilet anytime soon. I mean, they are predicting nearly 200,000 new jobs will be created by 2030. Phew. Okay, that's a bit more reassuring. But I wouldn't mind digging a bit deeper on this whole upskilling, reskilling thing. I mean, lots of people seem to think that upskilling is just a question of more people getting an advanced degree. But when I looked at the stats on this, I found, uh, particularly in New Zealand, we're one of the most qualified nations of the world in terms of tertiary education. But we have this massive mismatch between the qualifications we're getting and the actual jobs that are out there already. Yeah, another great point, Steve. I hear they're currently educating about 5,000 computer science grads a year and, and importing another five to 7,000, leaving us with a big shortfall. How is it that we can educate so many thousands of students a year and still not have enough? It does kind of make you wonder, doesn't it, whether we kind of need to fine-tune our tertiary education system to actually match our skills with the jobs not just of today but of tomorrow And I know that's not going to be easy, but it seems like the big challenge that we've got with this whole thing. So what's the government actually doing about all this, Rob? Well, I understand they're trying to drag business and unions to the same table to discuss a way forward with a whole lot of inquiries and forums. Yeah, uh, it all seems a bit vague and woolly to me. Um, And what actually seems to be missing is an actual discussion about which industries and thus which jobs and skills New Zealand actually needs over the next 20 years. Also, business and unions still seem to be having this constant quiet war over how to carve up the economic pie. Do you pay workers more or do you get more profits? Well, no one is actually talking more about how you actually grow the the economy. Okay, so the guts of that is you're saying we're missing the debate about things New Zealand Inc. should be specialising in in the years to come? 
That's right. How do we actually get more productive without resorting to our past record of just pillaging our environment? For example, we need to work out whether we actually want to stay so focused on agriculture and tourism, both of which have this big environmental footprint, or whether there are actually other industries where we could be investing in and upskilling our people into. Well, that makes sense to me, but it's also about how are we combining people with technology, isn't it? For example, it's not just training more farmers, it's developing robots to do more farming for us. Surely there's an element of that in it. Absolutely. Or becoming the world leaders in 3D printing or virtual reality, which, you know, we're kind of, we know we're getting into from our last episode, and then selling our expertise overseas. I see there are, there are a range of industries where we're thinking a bit innovatively like this, and we're getting more productive as a result. Areas like even, even certain parts of the primary sector and the IT sector, but we're so dumb still in so many of the ways that we do things, you know, around agriculture, forestry, fishing, it's all still about using up what's in the environment and shipping it off overseas. I'm so sick of seeing logs trundle into Wellington to be shipped. So you seem to be saying that we should be embracing the digital economy as our primary economic driver and using automation to actually increase our productivity. But won't that put a heap of people out of work? Only if we don't adapt our workforce fast enough and don't provide enough social support and tons more investment in education. Yes, but there's also something about the identity people derive from work. The first thing you ask somebody when you meet them is, is what do you do? Uh, if a large people of us no longer work, we'll have to evolve how we think and how, how we in- interact with each other. And, and where might we get our social identity from? Also, if tons of us are no longer working, we'll need to retrain a whole lot of people really, relatively quickly. And I'm not sure how we're going to afford any of that, Steve. Yeah. Well, if someone paid me, I don't think I'd get that much uh, identity out of work. Um, I'd just do other stuff, but uh, that's just me. Um, And in terms of how we pay for it all, there is a new source of revenue that some countries are getting wise to now. So, So what's the deal there, Steve? Well, if you look overseas, you know, it's the global corporations that are already making megabucks out of our data. You know, the Google, Apple, Facebook, Amazons of the world. I saw... Uh, France has just proposed the so-called GAFA tax, meaning those massive companies are finally having to actually pay up on their digital sales. And this is big money. I mean, with just a 3% tax on digital sales in, in France, they're getting 500 million euros out of it in 2019 alone. You could pay for a lot of workforce retraining with that. I agree. I mean, in the future, the big money is being generated by the big global companies. So why are we still paying so much income tax? And of course, this is against a backdrop of your average person, you know, doctors, nurses, teachers, etc., all striking because their real wages have been kept flat for so long. Well, you can kind of understand why people might be feeling a bit miffed. I mean, we're working longer than ever, yet it's the big global companies that seem to be getting really rich and all off our data. So I reckon we should be taxing them um, and their robots in the process. Absolutely. So let's pull this together. Where have we landed with it all, Steve? I think what we're saying is that we should embrace automation wholeheartedly as a country, but we should also expect that to mean that we are going to need to retrain a whole lot of people and fast. And of course, we're going to need to support people economically through that transition. That's right. And some clear targets around the numbers of skilled people we want in certain industries wouldn't go amiss either, I think. Yep. And of course, to pay for it all, we're proposing the very popular solution of raising tax. But at least we're doing it on companies and robots instead of humans. So this is all pretty heady stuff. And we've had our say. 
but we want to know what you, the listener, actually thinks. Today, our question to you, the listener, is do you think that New Zealand should introduce a tax on robots and the AI used by large companies? Have your say on our website, 15minutefutures.org, or our LinkedIn group or Facebook pages of the same name. Thanks, Steve. And that's our 15 minutes nearly up for today. And we'd just like to finish by thanking our sponsors, Springload for digital products that catapult your business to the next level and anticipate.co.nz, the company that helps you look ahead, plan ahead and get ahead. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Rob. Hey, good night, huh?